Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Thank you, Lord. Give us, give us ears to hear today. Heart, understanding heart. Um, open up my mind and my understanding so I can yield more to your anointing to get the job done easily with your grace. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So we're speaking about, uh, healing your daily bread and how we are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And God has made a way of wholeness back to us. You know, when we first begin in this journey with God, everybody talks about salvation. When we say salvation, really, most people generally mean going to heaven and missing hell. But there's a life to live in the meantime while you're here. And that's the most important part of it, is what is that life going to be? What's it going to consist of? How am I going to live it? I don't know anything about God, about his kingdom, about anything. You know, we start out just fresh and green. Amen. Uh, we're born again. So you start out as a new baby when you get born again into God's kingdom. But Jesus said, if you will connect with me and learn about me, you'll find out something that is not as hard as you think. It says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think many times we miss it because we disconnect from God. You know, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're upset, whatever, whatever. And and people tend to disconnect from God. I remember when I was a younger Christian, I disconnected so many times. And then I realized I had to reconnect again. So I got in the habit of staying connected. That's that's what you want to do. You want to stay connected to God and allow God to really make those changes that you know and he knows are necessary. Number one, you have no idea what God has called you to do. It's a mystery. It's a mystery to everybody. You know, people can say things, well, I knew I was called to, to, to the ministry when I was a little kid. But you don't know as that unfolds, that's how you find out what it really entails. You don't have any, you may look at other people who are doing what they call ministry. Maybe that's not what God called you to do exactly. So this is all a, 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 uh, an unveiling, finding out, learning. You're always learning. And, but God brings us to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. He, he, there's a deposit in us where he begins to build knowledge through relationship. Amen. You build knowledge of the things of God through relationship. This is not like book learning. No, the Bible is more than a book. It's a living testament. It's a living will. It's a book of laws. Uh, it's a book of rules and regulations, but it's also a book of promise. Amen. And it's a book that will transform you because that book is alive. The author is alive and that book is alive. And it's the only, it's the only book that can guarantee that the author is there reading it to you and telling you the meaning of it. Amen. You know, we've all read, read different books. When I was in school, it was, you know, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn and Canterbury Tales and all that. But Shakespeare wasn't around to tell me what that stuff meant. You understand what I'm saying? He's the only one who knows what he, what he meant when he wrote it down. So we have an advantage over any other book that's ever been written because we know the author. 
He lives in us. He promises to teach us and explain to us things that we need to know. So we have a complete picture of what the Bible is all about. And it's always unfolding to us in greater and greater ways. I don't care how much you've read a scripture over and over again. I heard one minister say, uh, they said, uh, they were quoting another minister. They said, they say you don't know a sermon until you preached it at least 50 times. You understand what I'm saying? And so it, that's the way the word is. It's fresh all the time. It's new all the time. It's it's always unveiling and unfolding to us. And so when we talk about uh, God's uh, uh, word being our daily bread, what that means is that it's, it, it is a life life-giving sustenance for us it's actually food for our spirit and we need our spirits filled we need our spirits strong we need our spirits knowledgeable amen your spirit man needs to know what god means with every scripture that's in the bible that you ever read your spirit man needs to feast on that and learn about that and then you start to every day obey what your spirit man is telling you to do not what your flesh. You know, any idiot can get up and go do what they want to do. But God's book is a book of wisdom. And it will make you wise. You'll start doing wise things. You'll start doing things you say, I don't even believe I did. I don't even know how I got that got that done. Amen? Why? Because God is with you all the time. And his wisdom is with us all the time. And so once we, we understand that we can draw from this, you'll start to realize, boy, this is a good way to live. I'm not going to live any other way but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you've got to be seeking that wisdom every day. You've got to want to know what he thinks about things, what, what he thinks about you. Everybody's scared of the hard truth. And when God starts to tell you, well, I love you and I have this for you and that for you. He's not there to make you feel bad. Amen. He's that he's not there to pet you up either when you're wrong. When you're wrong, you know it. He may not hit you between your 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 eyes with a two by four with it. But you finally it's like the, the holy water. You know, it, it's like when he starts speaking to you, you get the understanding, first of all, that he's not holding your sins against you. That's the first thing that hits you. And then you start thinking about what you did. And you collapse and you fall down and you worship him. Why? Because that's the greatest thing that could ever be done for another human being is somebody give their life for you. And we need to be made aware of that aspect of God's God's word every day. Every day you need to go to him and understand all the wrong you've done. He doesn't hold it against you. And on top of it, he wants to bless you and trust you with more. Amen. And so this is where you live for God. This is why you need daily bread. This is what daily bread. It's not just getting up and reading you some script. I did my scriptures for the day and pat yourself on the back. You better get in that word and find out what God's really talking to you about. You understand what I'm saying? There's some, there's some fine print in there. Some between the lines stuff we got to get straight. Amen. Because God wants us to have a full life and you cannot have it in sin. You cannot have it living out your past again. You cannot have it getting angry and frustrated and go tie one on. You're not going to get anywhere like that. So you might as well untie yourself and get in your Bible and start living for God. 
I don't care who mocks you, makes fun of you, who tells you you ought to be out doing this. Let's just get real here. This is how we live. And the sooner you cave in and go ahead and live for God, the better off you're going to be. Because you have to do it eventually. You know, you sit here and you watch over the years. I've been in churches before, you know, and I watch people and their people, uh, when they're young, the parents bring them when they're, they're, um, when they're kids, the parents bring them when they get to be young teenagers and, and young adults, they leave church. And then they let the devil beat them up for 30 or 40 years and drag back into church when they 40, 50 and 60 years old. Well, you know, you're, you're a big help to us. I mean, that's the way you feel about it. And less of a help to yourself. Why did it take you 30 years to realize Jesus loves you? If you get in your Bible and start reading it, you'll realize he loves you. And you don't cheat on people who love you. You don't turn your back on people who love you. You know, the church is going to survive. We do well with or without you understand what I'm saying. And people who don't want to be here, you know, maybe you need to go on your merry way and see how that treats you. Do you understand what I'm saying? We'll be here. We love you. We'll pray for you. And we're pulling for you to come out of your nonsense. Amen. But in the meantime, those of you who are staying faithful to God, you need to be faithful to God. Get in your word and see what he has for you. So yesterday we started out with the Lord's Prayer. Because this is where you start. This explains to you your daily bread. When Jesus was was approached by a, a Canaanite woman to heal her daughter, he had to allow her to release her faith. And he was talking about healing being the children's bread. She asked for healing for her daughter. He said, it's not right for us to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. So he intends for us to live off of the word of God. Amen. This is specific for God's kids. This is specific for us. There is something that he has planned for you specially. He set this apart for you. Amen. This is similar to the manna that they were fed in the wilderness. Little effort was put forth to do to receive food every day. All they had to do was go out and collect it. Amen. And this is where he wants us to live. All you got to do is get up every morning and collect your your blessing. Collect your healing. Collect that word that's for you. Just receive that word that's for you. It's not a hard life. It takes discipline. It takes the ability to do it over and over again. Good days, bad days, someday you feel like it, someday you don't feel like it, but you do it anyway. Because you know if you break out of your flesh and break into your spirit, it's all good. And what the enemy wants to do is keep us over in the flesh. Oh, I'm going to get that word, but I'm going to get it in a little bit. I can't get to it right now. God, let me go pay my bills. Now, you know when you'd rather pay bills and do something else, you 100% wrong. Just lying to yourself. I'd rather pay bills. I get these bills. You mean you'd rather pay bills than read the word? That's a shame. Amen. But we put it off. I'm talking about myself. You understand? I get the first slapping upside the head. 
go and read the look at that Bible and just walk past and say, mm, I got, I'm going to get to my word. And the longer you put it off, the harder it is to get to it. Amen. Then instead of opening the Bible, you start meditating a, a scripture you like to yourself. You got that all backwards. Like you in the word for real. Now go get that Bible and open that Bible up. Well, while I'm on my phone paying bills, I'm going to go to my Bible app. Yeah, after you browse through Facebook and after you go through them little them uh, notifications on there and all the people wanting to sell you something, then you get around to it. No, you put that down and you go get that word and get that word first. Amen. And Jesus was sincere about it. The disciples bugged him and asked him, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And this is what they were given. Don't sit up and listen to these people want to tear apart and criticize the Lord's Prayer. Amen. Somebody always think they got something new and better than what God gave us. You know, get this Lord's Prayer in you. And learn how to appreciate what God has given us as a way to contact. So in uh, we'll go to the one in this is Luke chapter 11. And we're in verse 1. He says, Lord, teach us to pray. John taught his disciples, you teach us some. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, our Father, which is in heaven. Amen. So this is addressing your heavenly Father, not an earthly Father. You don't, you, God is the one you owe this kind of word to. He's the one you owe this kind of, of praise and this kind of attention to. And he says, hallowed be thy name. In other words, holy is your name. And we elaborated on this yesterday. We talked about the name of Jesus being holy. Amen. It's, it's, it's elevated. Uh, God wants his kids to honor him and to elevate him. When we come to him, we come elevating his name. Why? Because so many people tear it down. So many people use it like a cuss word. So many people drag it, you know, and, and just throw the name of Jesus around like it's a rag doll. Amen. Them kind of people I rebuke as often as I can. Amen. Because it's not right. Doesn't line up with the word. There's got to be something in your life that's that's that cannot be tampered with by your slang, by your familiarity, by your religion, by your whatever it is. Let that be God's name. That's all he's asking you to do is respect him and reverence him. And you do it by esteeming his name and holding it high. Amen? You see all these people, uh, Yahweh, this Yeshua, that they don't even know what they're talking about. Most of them ain't been to the third grade. And now now they're a Hebrew scholar all of a sudden. You know, you know. You know, it ain't nothing but some kind of crazy religious pride. His name is Jesus. They gave him that name before he was born. They knew that name before he was born. Reverence that name. That name has power. That's the most powerful thing you'll ever wield in your life. It's got power. It's above everything in heaven and earth and under the earth. And we sit here moaning and whining because we can't get a bill paid. Well, there's power in his name. See if that name will open a door and get somebody to give you some money and pay your bill. Or somebody to call you and say, you don't owe us nothing. 
Yeah, I've had that happen to me. I think I missed a payment on a bill, and I'll call up. There is no payment due right now. And I think, well, how did that happen? And I said, I know how that happened. Hey, I like this God. And I'm going to reverence his name. I'm going to lift it up. I don't care if everybody else trying to be familiar, be Yeshua, Yahweh, and all of this and all of that. Y'all do what y'all want to do. But I tell you, his name is Jesus. He is the one that went, this same Jesus, the same one who went to the cross and died for me, the same one who healed the sick, the same one who left us his anointing to do whatever we need to do. And that, that Jesus, that's the one I lift up. Cut the nonsense. There is salvation in no other name. You pray in Yeshua's name, I don't know what that gets you. But I know if you pray in the name of Jesus, they get saved. You use his name, they get healed. Cut the nonsense out. You know, you get a little Bible with a concordance. All of a sudden, you're an expert and a scholar on something. They ain't got no more money than you had when you got saved. They had no more nothing. They don't even own a house. The house owners use the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's how I got mine. Amen. You know, while other people are want bees and trying, you got it already. You just follow this. I'm telling you, this works. Huh? You know, people try to mock Catholics because, well, they don't preach the gospel, and that's true. That's not part of what they do. But do you know God can save anybody anywhere? There's churches that preach the gospel, and they can't get their people saved. So God will save you anywhere. He don't care what kind of handle you put in front of your name. But I tell you one thing, and you know, people mock the rosary. You know, us, us Pentecostal highfalutin, us that know everything. They won't make fun of people praying the rosary. Well, that happens to have the Lord's Prayer on there. I have you know that rosary praying eventually shut down them abortion clinics. I don't see no spirit-filled people out there much. They go for a minute and then go home and complain about Roe v. Wade stealing the court. Them, them Catholic people still out there now praying them rosaries. And they got the word on them. And they got a praise phrase on them too. You know, we, we gotta get careful judging people. You know, it's best to stay in your own little playpen. You know, you understand what I'm saying and, and read your little word like you're supposed to and, and see if you can get a blessing directed your way. You understand what I'm saying? See if you can hit it right one good time and see. That's what faith is. It's doing, being obedient, doing what you know you need to do doing it consistently and allowing God to bless you.
Amen. This is all for us, folks. This is just so he can bless us. Amen. So he says, our father who is in heaven. Amen. So you got to address it. You got to say, Father God, Heavenly Father, allow yourself to say, Father who is in heaven. Or that prayer ain't going nowhere. Holy is your name. Lift his name up. Don't drag it down. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what you're doing is allowing, you're opening the door for God's kingdom to come into your life. You want what heaven has for you. And this is the way you get it. Father, let your kingdom come down here on earth. I want it just like it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no poverty. There's no sickness. There's health and wholeness. Amen. There's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's no depression. There's no fear. There's nothing. And so when you start to worship God in that vein, pretty soon his presence will come down and meet you. And that's what I tell people. Start to worship God until the tangible presence of God comes down and meets you. And then from then on, it's gravy. Because then the anointing takes over. And the Holy Spirit gives you words. He'll give you utterance. He'll direct your mind as to what you need to pray for. He'll begin to establish in you a routine where you can meet God and you know you meet God. And you know when you come out of that prayer that that need is met. And don't get out of there until the presence of the Holy Spirit lifts off of you or gives you a peace that you know that you contacted heaven. You're not just to read this rote and just, you know, get it over with, but you're to engage God this way. When you worship God, when you praise him, that's his address. Amen. He's always home. And he always responds. He always wants to hear. He's always glad we came by. He's never mad with us. Did you know that? I mean, when you contact him the right way. Amen. It says here, give us this day our daily bread. Every day, day by day. Not just today, but every day. Amen. So, and that doesn't mean that, oh, I ask for every day. That means I don't have to pray in the morning. Yes, you do. All you cheaters. You understand what I'm saying? We can't bank this up. I'm going to bank up some some prayers. I'm going to pray a lot today and get it banked up. So I'm going to get it in the bank. You in debt already. When you start thinking like that, you can't bank up nothing when you just accumulate debt all the time. Trying to get out of something. That's how we accumulate debt. Amen. Trying to wiggle out of responsibility. Trying to wiggle out of doing what's right. Amen. It's right to worship God. It's right to meet him every day and just thank him. You know, sometimes it's just in your mind, just continue to be thankful. Even if you don't utter the words, just stay in an attitude of thanksgiving. Amen. And he will be so close to you. He'll give you answers. He'll give you what you need. He'll give you blessing on top of blessing on top of blessing. Amen. And so God is good to us. He's His mercy is over all of his works. And we are his workmanship. We are under his mercy at all times. I don't care what it is that you've done, what it is that you think is missing from your life. You are always under God's mercy. 
don't ever think God has forgotten about you or he's not. You know, people who think like that, they're trying to get a blessing on the cheap. Think about it. We don't want to pay full price for nothing. Now, that's okay in the world if God opens a door for that. Amen. And he will do that for you. He knows we all a little Hebrew on the inside. Well, we want everything wholesale. You, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I can get it for you wholesale. Yeah, that was one of their common phrases. But, but, but we're supposed to pay full price for the things of spiritual importance and, and be willing to do it. And I'll tell you with the anointing, it ain't hard to do. When God, he makes it easy. Why? He knows us. He knows like David say, you know, I ain't nothing but dust. Help me, Lord. (laughs) I ain't nothing to write home about. I'm just dust here. I'm doing my best. And so God makes it easy for us. How? With his presence, with the anointing. It makes preaching easy. It makes praying easy. It makes everything easy. Amen. So don't ever think that Life for God is so hard. I used to hear people say that. Oh, well, you know, intercession, that's hard. And and God would just tell me, he said, now listen, don't listen to them. You listen to me. He said, if they knew how to contact me, they'd find it's easy. He said, don't let people discourage. He said, the enemy is afoot to discourage you from doing anything that I command you to do. They'll tell you prayer is hard. Oh, this is hard. That's hard. It's hard for you because you're not asking for the right help. Amen. If you ask for God's help, he'll make it easy for you. When we come into this, this, this sanctuary, before you put on a worship tape or anything, there's a presence of God here to meet us already. Why? Because he, he calls the meeting. He shows up on time and early. Huh? See, y'all come in here late if you want to, but I've been here waiting for you. Huh? He helps us. Worship helps you come out of your carnal mind and get over into the mind of the spirit. You can't do anything in your everyday mind. Huh? Over there worried about this and wondering about that. And, and things could be going well and you'll pick up something to worry about. Well, let me go get this. I know you, I know you answered me about that already, but let me go pick it up again. Let me see how it's doing. See how you doing, God. How you, how you fixing this? Put it down. You mess it up again. Amen. And so while we're fixing the, to get in the mood and get in the spirit, God's in the spirit already. He's prepared something for us already. Amen. He's prepared a feast for us before we even get there. Everything, the table is set. All we got to do is come in and find our place and partake. Amen. He's not, he's not shocked you're here. He's not trying to figure out how to fix your problem. It's fixed already. He's waiting for you to recognize who he is and step in and get your answer. Everything's done already. Calvary's a finished work. 
We sitting here wondering, well, how am I going to get this and how am I going to get that? It's, he's gotten it already. He wants you to change your focus and get your mind off stuff and get your mind on him. Amen. You get your mind on him, that'll straighten you out. So he says, just to worship me for a little bit and ask me every day for enough for the day. I don't want you banking nothing up here. You ain't in charge of the bank. He is. Amen. Now, I'm a firm believer that that you can lay up treasure in heaven because the Bible says it. Amen. But you ain't the banker. You're the depositor. What what bank do you, where you bank, Miss Nola? What, do you go to Huntington and make them let you go in there in the vault and watch your stuff? You have no such privilege in there. Why? Because everybody else's stuff is in there and they know you nosy ain't going to just mind your business. So you don't go back there. Well, it's the same way if Huntington is that smart, God's smarter. He don't let us see nothing. He just tells you, keep obeying me, keep laying it up. And trust me, it'll come back to you. He'll take care of you. And and most of us don't need to be seeing the bank was up there no way because we in the debit column, most of us, most of the time, and we know it. Scared to ask for something. Well, Lord, uh, trying to feel him out, see what kind of mood he in. Huh? God ain't moody. He always in a good mood. He wants you to join him. Huh? You up there trying to worship God and dancing around. Oh, I hope he don't know about us. I just, you know, I just got my, my cash app is in. I'm looking for somebody to put a stimmy in my account. All this kind of stuff. You ain't getting no stimmy. Huh? You got obedience. That's your stimmy. You keep worshiping God and keep obeying God. Amen. Your worship is bankable. Did you know that? Your worship is bankable when it's from the Spirit. Amen? Your praise is bankable. You lift God up and and he said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. The tithe is really just a form of honor. Worship is a form of honor. Amen? You know, there are people that have worshipped their way into millions Huh? The Bible says, blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that worships the Lord. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Just from worship. Just from put God first. Do what he tells you to do first. Quit putting him off. Well, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, yeah, right. Believe it when we see it. Faith is an act. God don't bless you on credit. Ooh, Pastor Barb. Ooh, Pastor Barb. Ow! Huh? Blessings come from release of faith in your spirit. You are a blessed person. You have to release that into your life. Now, God will take credit 
he'll take he'll take care of you. Amen. When the dinner bell rings, every kid in the house comes to the table. You have a seat of the at the table no matter what. He'll feed you, he'll clothe you, he'll take care of you. Jesus said, don't take a thought for that. In fact, we're not even supposed to pray about it, worry about it. Just thank God for it. God, you told me take no thought. I'm not going to even ask you for what I need. Oh, you know, Lord, just just in case, you know, I might like a little bit of something here, a little tweak this, a little bit and tweak. But you know, God, I've walked with you long enough. Now I know your tweaking is better than mine because you give me exceeding abundant beyond all I can ask or think. So let me just let that go and let me trust you. He can give you better than what you've ever had. Got to trust him. We got to quit nickel and diamond God. Scared to give, you know, extra in the offering because, you know, I'm, I've been giving good. You're going to give better. You ain't seen nothing yet. You think you're good now. You're going to get better. <laughs> you keep following God. You will get better. Amen. And you don't know if your giving is good or not. Huh? You know, the widow who was, you know, just, you know, doing, doing from her heart. She gave everything she had. And the big tithers and the big givers in the church gave theirs and Jesus didn't even notice anybody else's. You know, you want yours to be noticed. I know I do. And see, you don't hear many people preaching on give give you a whole paycheck. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> clutching their pearls. Oh my! The whole one? Yes, the whole one. Huh? That's what she did. See, you won't do that unless you know God like she knew him. She knew she needed him more than anything. Most of us trying to figure out a backup plan. In case faith don't work. Well, you know, maybe my faith ain't what it needs to be. Gotta get a backup plan. You understand? I mean, it, it, it takes a little effort to get there. It takes a little prayer, a little devotion. But God had opened up some revelation to this woman that nobody else there had. Now, I'm not forgiving, you know, anybody all of anything until you've gotten there from God and you know what you're doing. Amen? The widow, when she was down to her last bread that she was going to make, the prophet didn't take it all. He asked for her to make a portion and give it to him first. Why do we give God first? Well, the obvious answer is so you don't give him leftovers. Huh? But giving to him first is the main way God has to break, break, break greed and fear of lack off of us. See, he's breaking a spirit off of us that we didn't even know we had. 
that fear of lack is a biggie. Because we always want to see what's left over to make sure we have enough for us according to our calculations. But you don't know what God got in his mind. And you don't know what he could do for you if you would get obedient. So he lets us calculate and calculate. And then one day your calculation is still short. And what you going to do then? Oh, Jesus, please. Lord, have mercy. Lord, 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 Lord. Huh? No hamburgers, no fries, no. Huh? Okay, Brianna, tone it down a little bit, honey. You're getting a little distracting on us now. Is somebody here besides you? Yeah, I know you are, sweetheart. So am I. Can you let me be excited a little bit? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So give us this day our daily bread. Day by day. He said take no thought. And when when he talks about take no thought, he means don't worry. That's primary number one. But also your faith can be so engaged in God and in God's provision that you don't even worry about paying bills, your job security. You just walk through life hand in hand with God and where there's a knowing that you're taken care of. I mean forever. No matter what happens, there has to be a shift in our, see, doing this every day will create an expectation in us of nothing but good all day long. So if we know God takes care of our basics, he takes care of our needs, he takes care of the fundamentals, the time we don't need to spend praying for our needs, that frees us up to do what? To work for God. And do what's on his mind. To be more kingdom minded. He wants you freed up so you can do what you're really here to do. And that is to preach the gospel. To help people. To be a minister of his gospel. When you start doing that with your time. Instead of worrying about where you're going to sleep. Where you're going to eat. What you're going to wear. All that kind of stuff. When you stop worrying about the basics. And know that he's taking care of it. He's going to handle it. And you're obedient to him. When you start doing what he wants you to do, guess what happens? You get banked up. See, that's when you get banked. Amen. And he starts banking up for you. And you start living that life of ease where you don't worry about anything. You just know it's going to come. And you know it's on time. And if there is any problem with that, you know he's going to alert you to pray. Sometimes you will have to do warfare with the enemy to get him off your money. Because he's stealing all the time. But God will show you things. He'll alert you to things. He'll help you with things. He'll show you. Now this is where he's coming in at and I want you to pray like this. Or I want you, he'll say, just go and take a good look at your bill this month. Or go take a a good look at your bank statement this month. And I want you to find some stuff on there. And look and see where he is right now. And then you can put a stop to it. 
See, he puts you when you when you are constant with God, he puts you ahead of things. He says, I want blessings to come upon you and overtake you. In other words, you can be running as fast as you can. And guess what? The blessing is mowing you down right on your heels. Amen. Overtaking you. Shooting past you. Running ahead to your next need. Is the way he wants his people to live. We're not supposed to live inching and scratching and clawing and all that kind of stuff for everything you know we're not supposed to live like that he wants you to take no thought he said when you go to bed at night you have every confidence that when you get up in the morning you address me and you worship me and you praise me and your day is set every provision is lined up for for you in order when you're going to need it amen and all you do is get with me and start planning your day Amen. Just just plan your day. We're going to have a good time today. You're not going to have any problems. You're not going to have any worries. You're not going to have any cares. Why? Because I'm taking care of you. Even the things the enemy would try to do to upset your day, you know, jump you with something. I've already taken care of that. Amen. Nothing needs to throw you. You know, you don't cancel your day because the devil did something. You know, and go in the house and oh, I can't function the day the devil's busy. Busy every day. That's his job to be busy. But you're busier. Your God is busier than the devil. Worry about what he's doing. Crazy stuff. <laughs> I guess God wants me to tell on myself. I keep coming back to this. <laughs> but anywho, you know, speaking about how God prepares for things, I was, uh, had my truck all, everything was loaded for my Sunday, and which I started loading the night before. See, when you serve God, you get ahead of the devil. You don't start the morning of, and then he can really throw stuff in your way, and you get all confused and, you know, I'd be late to church all the time if I if I waited till the the morning of to start getting things ready. You know what I'm saying? Seriously, you can't you can't live like that. You got to be smarter than that, saints. You know, people say the devil busy, but you make no preparation for his shenanigans. You understand what I'm saying? So I, I had everything all loaded. The only thing I didn't have loaded was perishables. You know, I had some flowers and some stuff in the refrigerator. I got that loaded. And I, while I was loading, though, I had opened the garage door already, which is not my usual pattern. And I got in my truck and turned the ignition over and hit the garage door button while I was letting down my trunk lid. And I heard this, and I thought, oh, Lord. It is, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of funny, you know, I'm, I'm like with me being the aunt and I got nephews, you know, you don't want to ask the nephews for nothing. I mean, I'd rather drink hemlock, you know what I'm saying? Just suffer the consequences. 
So, of course, CeCe's around the corner, and I couldn't get the garage door. Well, I did get it down again, got the trunk down. I looked at the trunk. The emblem was off to the side. I said, if I go drive it up there, I said, the first thing Mr. Howard is going to say, Pastor Bob, I can just see everybody's face. We did the lineup now, you know. The senile old lady lineup, you know. She ain't got no business living by. Take the keys away. There she is, messing stuff up. So I said, Lord, you got to do something in a hurry. I can't suffer the consequences. So I did call Tones. He said, oh, I just stepped out of the shower. I said, well, you you ain't primping today. you just going to have to call. I said, put something on, though. You know, come on over. Put, put something on first. But anyway, but I just started talking to the Lord. Got me? You, I, when the first time that thing hit, I said, Lord, I thank you. You understand me? You get him engaged first. And then I said, well, let me call Tony just in case this court, cause I could not get, I finally figured out I could lift the door up, you know, so I got the door up. And by the time he got there, I had that, that emblem fixed on the back of there. You understand what I'm saying? The only thing I didn't quite know how to do was close the door. You know, cause when, now I've had that explained to me several times, how to close a door. And, and, <laughs> but I don't take notes. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, just get it closed and get on out of here so I can go to work. You know, wherever you gotta go. And so, uh, uh, while he was, was standing there, he said, well, all you had to do is pull it all the way back. He said, you almost had everything. And I said, God, I said, next time I won't be calling you. I'll be handling my nonsense myself. Amen. And I was able to get here. I mean, we extended praise and worship a little bit, but I was able to get here and do everything I needed to do. Amen. Why? Because God's a merciful God. Mercy rides on your life all the time. Amen. Mercy rides on your life. And the enemy wants us to be fearful about things like, and I'm thinking, well, how am I going to drive this truck and this big thing is hanging off of here, you know, and looking bad. He likes to shock us with the appearance of things. Amen. And I started to leave it until Tony came, but then the Lord started to speak to me. I said, Lord, help me do this. And he showed me all it is is poppy in one side, poppy in the other. I said, and they charge you $100,000 for these things brand new, and all you're doing is popping stuff together? You understand what I'm saying? And so there's there are ways to do what you need to do, folks. God has a plan already. He's got the way made already for you. He's not making a way while you're in trouble. It's made already. All you got to do is find your steps and put the first step in there to your way of escape. He will help you out of everything. And so we have to trust the living God, folks. When you go to him every day and pray the Lord's Prayer, you are setting up a process by which your life runs flawlessly, smoothly, perfection. Nothing missing, nothing broken, no wants, no needs, no anything, no embarrassment with a, a tow-up car. You know, I mean, people like to see that kind of stuff. Oh, look at her. Look at what she driving. You know, all that kind of nonsense. You know, and then <laughs> license plate says Rev Barb. <laughs> what kind of church has she got? The, the church of the raggedy car, you know. And so, you know, your mind goes to these things. You think about, that's part of my witness. Amen? 
like I was, I was, uh, speeding one day and the, the officer came up to my car, was behind me and I could see him looking at the license plate. And so I rolled my window down. I said, well, officer, what did I do? He said, well, ma'am, he said, I mean, reverend. I said, yeah, right. I said, you about to get a preacher, a speeding ticket. I said, how much over was I? Well, two miles. I said, oh, okay. Be two miles. But I'm going to give you a ticket for something else he saw. I said, well, thank you. Don't be stopping me no more. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you got to get them all on alert now. They ain't stopping me no more. You don't stop a kid who's under the anointing of God. How dare you? (laughs) Amen. Well, if we break in the law, we break in the law. You know, I slowed it down, but hey. Then I found out he wasn't even in his own jurisdiction. I said, well, devil, you really trying hard today. You giving me this money back sevenfold. I was going to take the blame, but now nah, you, you giving this back. But, but God has, you're in process of repair, folks. This is what you need to know. Everything that has gone wrong in your life is being repaired and restored just with this one prayer. When God says, give me my daily bread, he's talking about provision, but he's also talking about healing and healing of your soul. When we came to the Lord, we didn't know anything but the world. So he has to transform us and get the world out of us. And the way he does it is by giving us his word every day. Every day that you go into the word of God, something is changing in you. Something is being healed. That is not just a day you spent reading the same scripture you always read for nothing. God is doing something. He is changing you. He is healing you. We have to be healed because sin caused us to be broken. And Jesus, before he takes us out of this world, he wants a bride who is whole, without spot or wrinkle. Amen. There is no man who wants to marry a crazy woman. And you you look at you and you look at me and you look at everybody who's ever been born again. And we started out quite deranged. Nothing we even did in the world was working anymore. That's why we came to Christ. And you come to Christ all broken and mangled and messed up, and then you expect him to give you the best day one. Well, that is crazy. Huh? You know, I was married almost 30 years, and I had to to be a, a submissive wife 25 before I got a decent anniversary ring. Do you understand me? You, you gotta work, you gotta prove yourself. Men don't give you cats when they first meet you. They all had that same excuse me, um, uh, <laughs> they all propose the same way, baby, I love you, but. Just the but you gotta be careful about. And then they start with the litany of I don't haves. Huh? So you must start out a little short, girls. See? Giving them hope, right? Is that that okay? Thought so. Give them a little hope. 
don't wait too long. But you know what? That's a tradition, though. You know, 25th anniversary is a special one. And so that's when you get what you earn for 25 years. <laughs> but in the meantime, amen, you've been transformed. You're not that rough cut you was when he married you. Huh? He didn't know if he was going to be able to hug you and get you right or he'd have to knock you out today. <laughs> this is the truth. Huh? Sometimes they look at you real funny and say, yeah, I would hug her, but I don't know if I'm going to survive it. You know, leave her alone for a couple of days. But we all have to be transformed, folks. We all have to turn out to be that glorious bride. And you get that by taking your daily bread, amen, every day. Get your dose of healing and wholeness. Sometimes we're we're anxious people. We're fearful people, nervous people. Can't really trust God. You don't trust the world. You don't trust people. You don't trust anybody. And God has to pull the fragments of our brain back into place and mend our brains back together with the word, amen. That anointing is a a mortar that takes all the fragments of your soul that were tied up in iniquity and sin and darkness and begins to place them with God's word. He begins to bring you peace inside of you that you're going to make it, that you're not that, that bumbling, fumbling person you've always been, that somehow God has made a difference in your life. You can't see everything, you can, and you can't prescribe what he's doing because you have no clue what he's working on. You know, sometimes we just are, are mad at ourselves because we keep making the same mistake over and over again. And you know God will leave you like that for a season just to let you know that he's not moved by your anxieties? We think we have to be fixed up the way we think we need to be fixed up in order to be right with God. And God will leave that the same way for a long time. Amen. It humbles you. It keeps you dependent on him. Amen. And it's like when you go out the door, God, just please let me stay peaceful all day long. Don't let me run into anybody that's got bad news for me. Amen. Let me just be on a path of peace from the time I leave till the time I come home again. And he will do that. It's it's good to be aware of your weaknesses your shortcomings, your failures. It, it's just keep them up there, you know, keep them up there in the passenger seat. Don't put them in the back seat. See, in the back seat, you forget them. And they can creep up on you and attack you, and pretty soon you're right back failing the way you've been doing. Keep them in the passenger side where you can keep an eye on them. Amen? And say, God, I know that's still there. I know I'm not 100%. I know I still need a little bit of work, but as long as I let you know, and I'm sorry, and I ask you to forgive me, and we working on it, I think I'll get there. Just give me your peace. I think I'll make it. I don't have to cuss nobody out today. I don't have to strangle nobody. I don't have to accuse nobody. Of You understand what I'm saying? I can be peaceful. I can hold my peace, and I can let you do this. And then he'll give you an idea that is so wise, it'll mess your head up for a whole month. 
something that he has specifically for you that is going to blow the whole thing. No, honey, he's got something for you. He's got a wisdom for you to deal with something you want done badly. And it's going you're going to blow the whole thing open. When he gives that to you, it's going to put an end to it. Amen? It's going to stop it. Period. See, all you got to do is hold on for that bread. That's your, that's that bread that's coming. See, that's that hidden manna that's going to work for days and days and days and days. A long-term wisdom. It's coming, honey. He's got a long-term, he's going to work a long-term for you. It's going to break things open that you wanted to see opened in your life and your family for a long time now. It's going to do it. It's coming. You can bank on it. You know, you can trust God. When he says he got something for you, he's got your answer. He's got your answer. Amen. And it's, it's going to fall in your, it's going to fall in your life. And things are going to fall out right. They're going to wind up the way he planned from the foundation of the earth without fail. And see, all we have to do is do our part. Go to him with that daily bread. God got what you got for me today. I'm going to get my word and I know you got something special for me today. You got something for me, Lord. And I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive it. Every mother in here say, Father, I want the Mother's Day special. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Oh, you got it. It's coming. Amen. It's coming. It's an answer for your family, for your children. Amen. He's got them for us. Praise God. So God says, when you come to him, ask for your daily bread. He lets you ask for what you want first. And then he says, ask for forgiveness. Isn't that amazing? He is so concerned. He so wants us to know. In other words, your sin is not really holding things up when you come to me, but it can if you don't come to me. You got me? When you come to me, it's all good. So he says, you can ask me for what you want before you ask for me to forgive your sins. Amen. Just put it in any order you want because you're here now. I accept you. You're in the throne room. What more could you want? Accept your answer. When you come in, you got it. Amen. Isn't that what, what you know, we read Esther and say, you know, I get tired of people with their little religious phrase. For such a time as this. You don't even know what time it is. You don't even have a good watch. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I'm I'm here for such a time as this. What time is it? Um, but that was what Esther was about. He says, if I let you in the throne room, you got whatever you want. Even to half of my kingdom. <gasps> half? Yeah, that's what it means to be a joint heir with Christ. Now, you'll never get half of it because you wouldn't know what to do with it. I wouldn't either. Amen. But that lets you know God is unlimited in his blessings toward us. So that's where you know you can ask anything and he'll give it to you. Ask anything and he'll deposit it in your checking account. Ask anything and he will give it to you. Amen. 
anything. And so God wants us to, to be in position. He wants to position us so that we can receive whatever it is that we need without fail, without limitation, without any kind of stopping to it. You shouldn't get to a point where you're afraid to, to believe God for certain things or afraid to ask him for certain things if it's on your heart. And especially if it's a need and if it's just a desire, it's just something you want. He said, ask away. You're in the throne room. It's all good. If you got in here, you're going to get what you came for without fail. Amen. So you're in here now, so ask away. And while you're in his presence, you want to acknowledge, you always want to acknowledge Calvary. You just have to. I mean, that's that's everything. You don't get anything without his shed blood. You don't get anything without him paying for your sins. You don't get anything. So you must acknowledge that in his presence. You have to. And how do we do that? When you say, forgive my sins, you're acknowledging Calvary. Amen? That's how they're forgiven, by his shed blood. So you're acknowledging the preciousness of his shed blood. You poured your life out for me, Jesus. Why would I think you wouldn't give me freely all things? Freely, no struggle, no stress, no upset. Freely give. You see, we always have this little drawback in our minds. Yeah, but you know, but, but, but nothing. Just learn how to take him at his word. If he says he gives freely, that means he gives freely. He doesn't care if you pat him down every time you come into the throne room. God, God, what you got for me? I'll take it, whatever it is. Make mine a double, whatever, you know, just pour it on. He likes it. When we ask him for things, the Father, it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And that means not just spiritual things, but of course you get material things. Because the spiritual will command the material. You get the spiritual, you got everything. You get your faith and learn how to work it with love and keep short accounts. Don't be hating on nobody. Don't be, you know, have animosity and you know, wanting to get even with folk and watching to see how they treat you. And they just, just get out of rest. Hang the old girl up at the door. You know what I'm saying? Just kill her. Amen. And go on in there with your robe of righteousness on. But that he purchased for you. He purchased it so that you can come visit him. Amen. You don't get into the king just wearing raggedy stuff. He likes to adorn you before you come to see him. Amen. It was so funny. I went to visit uh, Mom Lynch, you know, uh, Miss Tony Bunkley's mother. She had been in the hospital, they said. we. I thought it looked pretty pretty dire to me, you know, from the report. And I get on there, and Mom looking better than me. And I can prove it because her daughter took a picture of it. And I said, look at her. She got a French all laid out. A, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? And looking all healthy, and there was nothing wrong with her pacemaker. But she said that, she said, you know, while I was in there, I got some miracles from God. I said, oh, do tell. That's why I'm here, darling. (laughs) Do tell. Let me see if I can steal one or two. You know, that's how you get enriched, folks. And um, 
she said she had never felt that sick in her life, but she said, before I left to go to the hospital, God gave me a song. And it, it's something to the gist of, I will be with you, I will never leave you as you're going through or something like that. And she said, I kept thinking that little song when I would feel real, real bad, that song would come back to me. She said, he gave me a song before I left. And she said, um, when they, as they were doing testing on her and, and all of that, she said, you know, it, she said about three days before I was discharged, I think it was an angel came in my room. She said, she gave me a menu. And she said, this is for you. She said, and there was a cloth napkin that she placed on my tray. And she said, I looked at that menu. She said, there was filet mignon on there. There was, she said, there was the best of food. And I remember Tony used to work there and he said, the Saudi people have their own catering. All the wealthy people have their own catering and that's their menu. And I said, he gave you the menu of royalty. I said, royalty uh, dines from that menu that that lady gave you. She said, well, I ate. I got everything I needed off that menu for the rest of the week. And I think prior to that, she wasn't eating much because she wasn't quite. But as soon as she started feeling better, God gave her the best of food that he could have given her. She said, I don't even know who that lady was or how I got that. But she said, this is for you and handed it to her. Do you understand what I'm saying? God does such miraculous things, folks, to, to people that know him and trust him. And she's one of those ladies that will tell you. She, I, I said, well, Mom, how do you spend your day? I'd asked her this some years back. I said, what do you do all day? She said, well, you know, first I get my word. Huh? And I said, I don't do it, but I'm going to start doing it, you know, to myself. <laughs> Huh? This is how you learn. This is how you receive. I'm, you're not in the presence of saints for nothing. You get everything you can get off people. Are you kidding me? This lady is 93 years old now. This is how you get there. Intact, nothing missing, nothing broken. There was nothing wrong with her pacemaker. Her electrolytes were off. They finally figured it out, got it straightened out. Took them too long to do it. Do you understand? Because they go by natural means. But God sustained her during the whole thing. She's she looking like new money, Cindy. She looked like nothing ever. She didn't, uh-uh. she don't look like what she been through, as they say. Not at all. She looks 100%. Amen. That's daily bread, folks. That's the effect of daily bread. God heals you where you are broken, where you're fragmented, where you don't trust, where you don't love, where you're hurt, where you think you were rejected, misused, whatever. He is healing you every day you go into the word. He is mending those parts back again. Start looking for something different in your life. Places where you didn't like people, you're going to start loving them. Places where you thought you had to be nice to people and hated every minute of you, you're going to start loving people for real now. You understand? You won't be acting through life. You'll be a genuine person. He wants us to be genuine. And see if you won't start winning souls. See if you won't start winning people over. See if you won't start, God won't start using you in a different way. You understand me? Because that, that wholeness starts to come in. That healing, that soundness comes in. 
You're not fearful about things. You're not fearful about running into people you used to know and meeting certain people that, oh, they used to talk about me when so-and-so happened. Well, you know, so what? You talk about people too. Huh? For less stuff. You know, saints, we make up stuff. We think we know spiritual stuff about people. We start making up lies on people. Well, you know, they got a this and that, that spirit. They got this spirit. That spirit. What spirit you got? My goodness. Amen. So daily bread takes care of all that. It takes care of your, your desire to, to lord it all over people. It takes care of your pride. And your arrogance and all that crazy stuff. Amen? So God wants us to be 100% whole. So in verse 4 he said, forgive us our sins. For we forgive everyone that is indebted to us. So it's a reciprocal. You just can't ask God for forgiveness. you got to forgive other people. Amen? And you know who they are. We all know who they are. Sometimes it's, it's things that creep up on you. And you say, well, Lord, I didn't really know I had anything against this person. Help me. There's things that, that are working underneath that we're not even knowing about it. But you know, daily bread roots that out. God doesn't want uh, the enemy to get an advantage over us. So daily bread roots that out. Just Just God feed me. Feed me your word. Make it go in deep in me and allow me to come up free. From whatever it is that's that's bothering me. And and when things that would ensnare us. Sometimes we wonder why we have to wait for a while for certain things in our lives. And God is is changing us while we think we're waiting on something. He's waiting on the word to start to manifest in us in a greater way. So that when when he does bring that deposit. Or that blessing in your life. You can manage it better. You'll know how to hold on to it. You'll know how to do the things that you need to do. In order to to be approving to him. He wants us. He wants to approve of us. In all things. Amen. And and it's just the way it is. There's certain things that he expects. Of us. As, as, as sons and daughters. Where we're following his plan. See, the, the prodigal son, the one who went and, and spent everything, he he was operating at his level of maturity. Do you understand? And, and his father gave it to him anyway, you know, out of wisdom and out of love. But also he was concerned. He knew what was going to happen to it when he sent him away from there with all that money. He didn't have the sense to do what he needed to do with it. That's why he wanted it so bad. And sometimes we're the same way. We want everything from God all at one time and we just don't have, huh? But the older brother knew better. But he still had things to learn too. We all got things to learn. When you, when you're like the older brother, you know how God wants you to work in perfection and things and he wants you to do certain things, you know, a certain way and, and all of that and, and just, just so that, that it can meet up to God's standard for you. Amen. He wants, he has a standard he has for all of us. Check it out sometime. You know, if this is news to you, you know, you need to find out what his standard is for you. 
you know, there are times when I'll do things and I'll keep thinking about it. And I said, I said, God, I said, I need to, you know, but, but I learned that I wasn't, uh, one of them people they call them nitpicker or perfectionist. That ain't me. You understand what I'm saying? But there's, uh, an excellent spirit in me. See, there's a spirit that God put in me where he requires that I do things in an excellent way. You got me? And that means not taking excuses for anything. There's no excuse. I know what to do. He told me how to do it, and i got to get it done. You know, I I still work with, you know, you work with people, and, and that kind of spills over on them. You know, and sometimes I'll, I'll talk to the girls when we're preparing food and they say, well, they didn't have so and so. I said, well, go get it. What do you mean they didn't have it? Somebody got it. If it's on the menu, somebody got it. Go get it. You understand what I'm saying? That's how you instill, I don't say it like that. You know what I mean? But that's how you instill excellence in people that why should I let them just not do a good job? You know, you married a wrong husband, you tell them they don't have something, you're going to pay for it. Y'all act like y'all don't deal in real life around here. Why? Because they know if you do it with one thing, you'll do it with something else. Anybody in authority knows that. You got me? So you do things in an excellent way. You know, they didn't have American cheese. Somebody got it. Go find us some American cheese. Huh? So now they find it before they come here and don't tell me. (laughs) See, that's excellence. See, why did you put it on the menu to begin with if you didn't mean to serve it? Huh? We gonna serve that. And we gonna have more than enough for everybody. Don't tell me we don't have enough and don't speak we don't have enough over my food. Don't speak lack over this. You go take take lack to your house. But over here we have more than enough. You got me? And we have more than enough. See, you've got to take that everywhere you go, folks. You can't put that away and hide it when it's not convenient to do it. And I just give that as as an example, everyday example of how God will change you from being a person who's whiny and don't want to do nothing to somebody who can stand before the king and say, look what I did for you, God. We did this meeting in your name and we did what you called us to do. Thank you for allowing us to work for you. Amen. Where you're not ashamed to show him your results. And God, if there's anything lacking, help us with doing it better the next time. But but God told me a long time ago, he said, I love my people. And I want you to love them and treat them right and honor them. He said, whatever you do, you do it up to my standards with honor. You got me? A lot of times people think, well, you know, it, it seemed wasteful. She just keep cooking all this food. I'm I'm obsessed. Possessed. Don't mess with me. And it ain't a devil and don't try to cast it out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I'm on the hunt of something. I don't know what's at the end of the road, but I know I'm on the right road because God put me on here. And I'm going to stay on here. See? 
And I want to be what he called me to be in the earth. I could care less about what people. Huh? But she must not have nothing better to do. She don't have no housework to do. I got plenty of stuff to do. But this comes first. Y'all come first. And if you don't know it, now you know it. And God wants you to feel exceptional. He wants you to feel first. He wants you, every time you come in the house of God, you're supposed to feel like the most important love person in the universe. Without exception. You got me? So this is why we do what we do. We love people. This is daily bread. From daily bread, he taught me how to think like he thinks about his people. Because you have many opportunities to think very different. Do you got me? But you got to keep it right inside of you so that God can bless you and bless his people through you. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you for allowing us, Lord, to work for you, to be your handmaids and your manservants. That's the highest call. It's higher than apostle. Every handmaiden I saw in the Bible was honored, revered. From from Sarah to Hannah, Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were honored and revered because they called themselves your handmaidens. I'm here to wait on you hand and foot, Lord. Whatever you give me to do, don't give me a title. I got one already. I'm your servant. That's high enough for me. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for the women here today, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the mothers who are mothers and mothers in waiting and aunts and and grandmothers, everybody, Lord. We thank you for them. Thank you, Lord, for foster moms. Thank you, Lord, for people who just love children and want to care for them. We bless those women today. And we thank you for honoring the woman. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray her for you.